Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome again to the Explaining History podcast, and today I'm going to look at the initial phase of the Cold War from an American perspective, from 1945 to 48. Uh, we're going to look at some of the difficulties Truman had in formulating coherent Cold War policy. Um, and again, we are looking at Grand Expectations by James Patterson, which is a, a good general reader on post-war America. Um, the um, analysis that James Patterson has um, of Truman is that his initial phase of foreign policy from 45 to 48 is uh, truncated into three distinct phases, and he writes, In coping with the Soviet Union between 1945 and 48, Truman's foreign policies went through three interrelated phases. The first, lasting until early 1946, exposed a good deal of floundering and inconsistency as Truman sought to find himself. The second, dominant through to the end of 1946, revealed um, a little more floundering and uncertainty, but also a stiffening of purpose. Although Truman and his advisers still hoped to ameliorate gathering tensions, they made only half-hearted efforts to accommodate the Soviets or to even negotiate seriously with them. In the third phase, clear by February 1947, the administration had hit a more uh, consistent, clearly articulated policy, containment. The essential stance of the United States for the next 40 years, the quest for containment uh, entailed high expectations. It was the most important legacy of the Truman administration. Now, here's a kind of um, a, a thinking and learning error for, for most of us. This always happens in, in high school um, studies of the Cold War. It's assumed that those first two years of Truman's administration, where there's uh, inconsistency and uncertainty, never happened. And we are straight into containment from 1945. And that's certainly not the case. In um, the in 1945-46, there's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of second-guessing Soviet intentions. Uh, Truman 
uh, and the advisors that he'd inherited from Roosevelt, if you go back a few podcasts, I talked about that one, um, are involved in a kind of a very complicated dialogue in 1945 about what Soviet intentions actually are. So Truman, um, when he began to examine what was happening in Eastern Europe, his first um, sense is to be firm. Um, He had not had any real foreign policy experience during the war. He had... He'd been the, the, the vice president. He, he was in a kind of a backwater position. And it's Roosevelt that understood or, or thought he understood or, uh, Stalin and had met Stalin um, and had had a, a, as positive a working relationship with Stalin as probably any Western leader had ever had. Stalin, uh, it was believed by Roosevelt, by Truman, was violating all the promises he made uh, at Yalta um, especially when it came to Poland. Roosevelt, um, it was believed by Truman, would have done something about this, would have resisted. Um, Truman was determined to uh, be as decisive and tough as possible, and he um, called uh, Molotov, the Soviet foreign minister, to the White House and gave him a dressing down. I think there was a podcast that did this a couple of years ago on this very topic, uh, where Molotov uh, essentially said, I have never been spoken to in this manner uh, before. And Truman said, get used to it because there's more. Um, so two weeks uh, after the death of Roosevelt, um, Truman has this, this showdown with Molotov. Um, he has, there's no small talk, there's no pleasantries. And the quote is, um, I have never been talked to like that in my life. Truman said in response, carry out your agreements and you won't get talked to like that. Um, and so this was uh, the, the first indication that the Soviets had that the uh, Americans were going to bring pressure to bear, that the Americans were going to demand certain things of them. In addition to this, the um, American government decided to bring pressure to bear economically on the Soviet Union and suspend a um, the offer of a loan that had been uh, mooted by America to the Soviet Union uh, of six billion dollars. Um, the second measure, which was taken just after Germany's surrender in May, ended lend-lease shipments to the USSR. Um, Truman believed that uh, American law meant that uh, lend-lease was only um, operable during wartime, and the moment that it ended, it could be instantly terminated, or indeed should be instantly terminated. Um, The reality, of course, is that Truman had more flexibility and was able to be far more kind of lenient than that if he chose to be. Um, But he um, had uh, cancelled... And ships that had um, set sail for the Soviet Union were told to return. Um, this was a um, an act that Stalin referred to as being uh, brutal. He referred to it and done in a scornful and uh, abrupt manner. So there was um, a sense by the Soviets that the the respect that they believed that they had were due um, and that they had uh, earned and that they had indeed been offered by Roosevelt, was now being uh, withdrawn. 
Truman believed that he was doing exactly what Roosevelt would have done. No doubt Roosevelt would have done things perhaps in a more um, subtle or diplomatic or um, more more artful, skillful way. Um, However, what Stalin perceived was that the uh, positive policy towards the Soviet Union that Roosevelt had was now being cancelled and a new kind of um, a, a new kind of policy was being instituted. Um, Truman um, was unable, despite all this, was unable to influence Soviet behaviour um, and was um, unsure as to what leverage he could bring to bear on the Soviet Union. The answer was the Soviet Union had been devastated by the war. 27 million Soviet citizens had been killed. Uh, the country had been economically destroyed. And so there was surprisingly little leverage in, in, the, scale, in, the, in the space of all this, um, in, in the context of all of this, that could keep Soviet troops out of Eastern Europe. Um, the, one of the key reasons for uh, an economic occup- a uh, military occupation of um, Eastern Europe was to um, sap Eastern Europe of resources in order to rebuild uh, the Soviet Union. So it didn't matter if $6 billion um, worth of aid was being turned around. The ability to suck the life out of Eastern Europe uh, was far, far more more important. Stalin um, responded by jailing, imprisoning uh, 16 of the 20 Polish leaders of the anti-communist government who had uh, perhaps naively returned to Poland from uh, wartime exile in London. Uh, Stalin claimed that um, they had returned home to incite resistance to Soviet occupation forces, and these were the kind of the the next wave of uh, fascist anti-peoples forces. Um, Stalin allowed um, the other four who had not been jailed to participate in the uh, Soviet-dominated public government um, but by imposing Soviet control over Poland and similarly uh, installing new regimes in Romania and Bulgaria, Stalin uh, was announcing some new and pretty brutal Cold War realities to Europe and to um, the USA. The first of these is that Stalin was determined to make sure that um, his domination would extend over Eastern Europe. And the second was that um, he had the military power to do so. And it didn't matter what the Allies said in protest, that the facts on the ground were that there were millions of Soviet soldiers in Eastern Europe or ready to um, reinforce them from the Soviet Union. For Truman, um, as well as for other presidents, um, this was um, a sobering reality. Um, the fact that America's uh, military power had escalated so dramatically during the war led to, in some ways, um, a foreign policy um, a sort of unreality uh, I- emerging uh, that um, the uh, USA was... In, in some ways, invincible. And the uh, existence of Soviet soldiers in Eastern Europe was a kind of a powerful wake-up call 
um, for America, showing that irrespective of how many nuclear weapons America had, the, the Soviets had enough content, conventional firepower and manpower to um, really sort of tilt the balance in their favour. Truman reflected fairly quickly that his um, short words with Molotov had unnecessarily raised tensions and that the Soviets had all the major cards to play. And so he dispatched Roosevelt's uh, advisor, Harry Hopkins, uh, to Moscow um, to um, try to speak directly with Stalin. Um, the, there was the hope that um, this meeting might sort of reassure the Soviets that uh, America and the Soviet Union were going to be able to, to, to get on OK. Following the, this um, visit to Moscow, um, Truman accepted Hopkins' suggestions um, that he should try to kind of uh, come to some sort of accommodation over the question of, um, of Poland. Um, Truman conceded that Stalin was okay to um, asset strip East Germany and other parts of Eastern Europe and dismantle uh, factories and dismantle uh, infrastructure, and that the Allies would very quickly be frozen out of any kind of joint control or Allied control commissions in any of the Eastern European countries, that these were Soviet fiefdoms. Um, th this was actually, uh, I think, perhaps an astute piece of real politic or realpolitik that... Um, that Truman has subsequently been criticised for of um, being sort of defeatist and surrenderist to um, the Soviet Union. But in reality, there was nothing short of a third world war that the, um, uh, the West could do, uh, that Europe could, Western Europe could do, uh, to ensure that the Soviets, um, that the, the Communist Party's were um, adequately challenged in Eastern Europe. It was, it was completely impossible. By, um... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Early 1945, um, within the first few weeks of Truman's administration, it was abundantly clear that uh, in opinion polls across America, there was no appetite for further um, military overseas adventures. Um, the war was over and people were satisfied with that. Um, and there, and uh, 12 months later, the same polling shows the, the, the same uh, position. Um, Truman's ability to uh, kind of acquiesce to Soviet demands over um, Eastern Europe obviously predates the testing and even the detonation of the atomic bomb. Um, the, so the the bomb to Americans even is an unknown quantity. Um, when y- at Yalta, uh, when Stalin had uh, promised to enter the war um, against Japan, um, this was at the the kind of the, the negotiating of Roosevelt, and um, after. It, the, the plan was that the Soviet Union would enter the war against Japan three months after the defeat of Germany, and um, Truman was immensely kind of um, irritated, I suppose, that um, Roosevelt had uh, agreed to this, which was essentially going to help the Soviets, in his view, get a foothold in Asia. So this would be August that the Soviet advance into uh, Asia would uh, uh, begin. Secondly, um, so military advisers um, explained to Truman um, the obvious facts of life, that the, the, the Soviet army occupied much of Central and Eastern Europe and couldn't be dislodged. Um, and the, um, the war, having ended in Europe, um, put pressures on the uh, US for demobilisation and uh, reconversion to a peacetime economy rapidly. The USSR, being a dictatorship, um, being a, a kind of a, a dictatorship on a war footing, meant that uh, it didn't have to um, demobilize rapidly. Demobilized um, uh, European, um, American or British troops, uh, or American or British troops facing demobilization and being left waiting, um, could become quite a handful. Whereas in the Soviet Union those that protested about their conditions uh, faced either the firing squad or the gulag. So with um, these thoughts in mind and knowing that there was no desire for any kind of uh, a a further conflict, certainly not with the Soviet Union amongst the American population, Truman went to Potsdam um, for his first and only meeting with Stalin. Um, Later, um, Truman... Uh, claimed that um, when he had returned from the conference, he was deeply disillusioned with um, the Soviets. At the um, at the time, however, it didn't appear to be uh, like this at all. Um, 
the diary that Truman wrote during the Potsdam uh, Agreement um, that, uh, indicated that um, he believed he could have a deal with Stalin, he could work with Stalin, and that um, Stalin was um, as near like Tom Pendergast as any man I know. Now, this is a curious compliment if you think about Tom Pendergast, who was one of the kind of the American, uh, great American sort of political fixers who, uh, during the 1920s and 30s, uh, controlled uh, Kansas City uh, and, and Jackson County in, in Missouri, who was um, supposedly a straight shooter uh, and a man who um, later helped launch Truman's uh, career, somebody who supposedly always kept his word and was always honest, however, was a proper gangster, um, was able to um, rub shoulders with, um, the, with organised crime within the city uh, and subvert the democratic process and, uh, present and become, in his own right, a kind of uh, quasi-autocrat within the city. So, actually, quite apt when talking about Stalin, but uh, not meant that way. Truman, who had uh, only recently been uh, let in on the secrets of the atomic bomb, was in good spirits at the meeting because um, the uh, news of the successful test in New Mexico had come through. Um, This came to him on July the 16th, the day just before the Potsdam conference opened. And um, it gave Truman uh, an immense sense of, of self-confidence. Um, uh, Truman, who I think perhaps didn't feel particularly uh, self-confident and perhaps a little bit out of his depth, having to deal with uh, Churchill and Stalin um, and being a relatively unknown figure um, and far from being the statesman that Roosevelt had been, was buoyed up by the news of, of the atomic bomb. Churchill said at the time, when Truman got to the meeting and after having read the report, he was a changed man. He told the Russians just where they got off and generally bossed the whole meeting. Um, Some of the uh, Americans at the conference, uh, notably James Burns, the Secretary of State, also were um, emboldened by the news of the bomb uh, and they imagined uh, and believed that um, having exclusivity to this bomb, um, along with being able to coerce the Soviets using economic policy, would really kind of cow Stalin and, and bring him to uh, to the negotiating table. Um, Stalin, um, who apocryphally, um, when Truman uh, explained that the Americans had a weapon of awesome destructive power, Uh, simply said, one, I hope you put it to good use against the Japanese, Um, already knew about the bomb. The um, Los Alamos spy ring had done its work and Stalin was well aware of of its existence. Truman was uh, unsure initially whether he should tell Stalin about um, the power that America had. Um, He was unsure about whether the Japanese should be warned he was wondered, he wondered whether uh, a weapon of such immense power uh, should be used at all, and if so, under what circumstances. 
The dropping of the bombs had no effect on uh, Soviet behaviour, um, and some historians have theorised that uh, Truman wanted to present the Soviets with a demonstration of American power that would um, cause Soviet ambitions to be dampened, rather. Um, Stalin um, dis was dismissive of America's uh, atomic power and um, imposed his will far more stringently in Romania and Bulgaria. Um, and having annexed a large chunk of eastern Poland, the Soviets gave the Poles uh, a chunk of eastern Germany to compensate them for their troubles. They uh, obviously created the satellite state of North Korea and um, hampered any efforts to reunite the peninsula. Um, and the Soviets also refused to participate in the development of a, a stable post-war order, refusing to become part of the World Bank or the IMF, seeing that as a, a way in which capitalist institutions could gradually um, leach themselves into uh, the, 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 the Soviet Union. Um, by the end of 1945, Stalin was also placing pressure on um, the uh, Republic of Turkey um, for control over the Dardanelles and also extending um, control uh, into uh, northern Iran. And so these kinds of southward pressures um, put the US once again in a kind of a, a reactive uh, position, and particularly Truman, uh, unsure about what to do. In um, previous podcasts, when I've talked about the establishment of the CIA, in part, the, one of the factors that saw the CIA come about was Truman's lack of knowledge about world affairs and about the kind of the current geopolitics that he was presented with and a desire simply to be informed every day uh, about what was going on. So this is, this is the interesting part of this story is that after the Soviets, uh, after the, the Americans detonate the atomic bomb, the Soviets were still able to really play Truman very successfully to um, take advantage of what they saw as, as weakness and indecision. The hope by Truman's Secretary of, uh, Secretary of State, James Burns, that simply um, financial pressure on the Soviet Union would uh, bring them to heel, really indicated that Truman and Burns between them didn't really have a, a, a clear idea about what to do. And they lacked clear understanding of what it was that was motivating the, the, the Soviets. By the end of 1945, uh, writes um, James Patterson, it was becoming ever more clear that this was, um, that this was not happening, that um, the economic pressure placed on the Soviet Union was not working. Leading senators, including Tom Connolly of Texas, head of the Foreign Relations Committee, and Arthur Vandenberg of Michigan, um, top Republican on the committee, came to Truman to complain that Burns was too willing to horse trade with the Soviets. Aitchison... Um, who was under Secretary of State, meanwhile fretted at Burns's um, frequent absences from Washington and his inattention to, or uh, to orderly administration. Uh, the State Department fiddles while Burns roams, uh, Wags was saying. Aitchison and others in the State Department also tired of Burns's improvisational style of diplomacy. That might have worked well in the Senate, but Aitchison believed 
was wholly inappropriate in dealing with the Russians. Burns, who had expected to be vice president, compounded his problems by patronising Truman and by failing to keep him informed of his discussions with allies and enemies. Truman, always sensitive to slights, grew increasingly irritated, referring privately to his able and conniving Secretary of State. So, in 1945-46, to 46, which is the, the first part of our kind of examination of, uh, of Truman's journey through to the Truman Doctrine, Truman is really outsmarted by the Soviets, outclassed by Stalin, and has um, come from being a, a vice president, a kind of um, a, uh, a backwater role, and is advised by another um, really prospective vice president in the guise of the Secretary of State, James Burns. So this gives us some big clues as to why uh, American foreign policy towards the Soviet Union seemed to flounder 1945 to 46. Anyway, thanks for listening today, and uh, I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. All the best. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.